Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Claim Your Career Crown podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by our VP of Operations, Amanda. Hey, everyone. And our special guest, Mira Kothan. Hi, guys. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about how to say goodbye newsletter, hello, audience and why the traditional newsletter could be holding your email engagement back. So let me tell you a little bit about Mira. She's an email marketing strategist and three times Amazon best-selling author of the books, The One Hour Content Plan, The Blog Startup, and But I'm Not an Expert. <laughs> and that's a fantastic book, by the way. Uh, shameless plug there. Um, Mira is the also the publisher of Mira Kothand an award-winning site listed as the top 100 sites for solopreneurs in 2020, 2018, and 2017, and the popular Create Planners. Using her unique profitable email system and addicted business framework, she makes powerful marketing strategies simple and relatable so that small business owners can build a tribe that's addicted to their zone, their zone of genius. <laughs> uh, this is all amazing. Um, Mira has also been featured on Marketing Profs, YFS, Addicted to Success, and several other sites. She's when, of course, she's not working with her clients or on her next book. You can find Mira reading the Rebel Girl series with her eight-year-old daughter. So that sounds like the Kim Possible. <laughs> of the modern day. Uh, Mira, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you here. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, before we get started, for any of you who are joining us for the very first time, hey, make sure you don't miss a single episode by subscribing to Claim Your Career Crown wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, we would so appreciate it if you would take that extra second to give us a five-star review. All right, let's dive right in, Mira, and let's just get going with uh, telling us, sharing with us your journey to become an email marketing strategist, and where did your passion for email strategy come from? Yeah, sure. So I, this is a story that I've shared several times. I am like the last person who should have ever been down this path. I'm, I'm the last person you would ever think would become an entrepreneur because um, the, that's the kind of background I grew up in. We were always told um, growing up, go to college, get a degree, go get a job. So we were never really told, you know, this is for you. You should try and start a business, go out on your own. It was never a part of so-called my blood in that sense. Um, and um, so how I actually got started was pretty much like a health scare. I, I had a routine scan and I had to go get surgery for something. So that was when I was on maternity leave. So I was just about to go back to work. And then I realized um, I can't. I need to sort myself out. So I was at home um, figuring out what to do, recovering from surgery. And um, I've always been interested in, in marketing and branding. I was doing that in corporate as well. So I was figuring out how can I bring that into what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, I started blogging and um kind of naturally started to build an, orga an organic audience from there. Uh, and when it comes to email, I felt at that point in time, so this was, what, six years back as of the time that we were recording this, I felt there was a gap in the market with how people were approaching email, specifically for small businesses, for solopreneurs, 
um, you know, not not in the B2B space. I felt that they had lots and lots of resources. But um, for the the one woman shop, the, the, the single person who's really struggling, I felt there were not really enough email resources to help that person or address the person's questions. So that was really when I went into email and I dived right in and I started doing client work and the rest, as they would say, is, is, is history in that sense. So, so yeah, that was really how my passion began and finding the gap in the market and trying to bridge that gap for the person who was maybe just two steps behind me. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it is. And I like that you're focusing on, you know, like the one person businesses and, uh, you know, sm- smaller businesses that, that definitely need that extra help. We're living in really wild times lately. How have trends over the past year affected um, email engagement? Yeah, the 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 thing is, um, everyone's a little bit scared with all the privacy changes and stuff like that. Um, but I think the foundation hasn't really changed. Um, well, yes, it does open. Uh, it does affect your open rates. Uh, you might not really get a clear picture of who exactly is opening your emails and stuff like that. But I have always said that open rates are not um, a very good indicator of how engaged um, your email list is. There are other stats that you want to be looking out for. Like one of it is how many people are actually clicking into those links that you're sending in your email. How many people are actually responding back to you, responding back to your call to action? Because there's no point if people are opening your emails, but then it doesn't end up in sales. It doesn't end up in them checking out your sales pages or checking out your content. Um, so that is, I would say, the more important stat compared to the open rates. So for anyone who's panicking about the privacy changes, I would say this, this really is no need to panic. Like over the years, there have been so many of these kind of changes, you know, that, that had um, Google changed its algorithm, Google changed certain things. And there's always this stress in everyone coming up and, oh, my God, everything is done. We're done with email. We're done with ads. But things still kept coming along, still things still kept going. So I would say really drill down into understanding your audience. Don't focus on those vanity metrics um, because an open only tells you a certain thing, but your click-through rates and your sales, that actually tells you how engaged your email list is and whether you're building a targeted audience. So I would say focus on that. Yeah, yeah, if you're building uh, raving fans, right? Those are so important. Um, and I think that sort of segues into you know, how have traditional uh, e-newsletters been affected by both the trends about what we've been going through and also what's, you know, what's ahead? Sure. So let's kind of just clear up what a newsletter is, uh, just so that we're on the same page. So I define a newsletter as um, it's kind of like, okay, if you're sending out a weekly newsletter, it would be like a recap of your week. Um, uh, It has a few different links. You know, it talks about a few different things. Maybe the first part could be like a short recap of what you did, maybe a links to a couple of pieces of your content. It could be links to other people that um, other links that you find interesting. So it's a few different things combined in one newsletter. So I okay, I don't have anything against a newsletter, but if that's the only thing that you're sending out week after week after week, then this is where I would kind of urge you to rethink it because Um, newsletters in general, because of the way they are structured, because they've got so many different focuses, it's difficult for you to make an impact with your audience. 
I would rather you focus on, all right, this month, I am perhaps going to open up my coaching group. I'm going to pitch this. This is what is my focus for the next one to two months. Keep your emails focused around um, answering the questions someone would have before they say yes to signing up for your coaching. So this would be addressing maybe mistakes or myths that people believe, or this could be about um, addressing common objections that people have about joining your coaching program, or it could just be maybe case studies. So have each week that go out be focused on one of these common themes. And um, the ultimate goal, obviously, is to get someone signed up for your coaching program. I mean, that's like the hypothetical situation that we're talking about. So you want to stagger your emails week after week like this. I mean, around the theme, around an end goal that ties in with your business and marketing goals as well, rather than just thinking about, okay, I'm going to whip up um, a newsletter and then curate a, a whole bunch of things. So I still send out a newsletter, but when I send out a newsletter is typically when I've got maybe two campaigns running, maybe I'm going to, I have a book on Amazon that I'm going to launch. So I, and that's my focus for this month. Maybe the month after that, I've got some other campaign that I'm focusing on. So I've got a tiny gap in between, maybe one to two weeks where um, I I don't really have anything solid to send my audience. You know, I, I don't have any case study or a story to share. Now that is when I would consider maybe adding in a newsletter just to kind of bridge the gap between two different campaigns. So, uh, uh, I mean, just to clarify, a campaign is when every single piece of content that you're sending out is focused around one theme or one goal. So people, it's typically how magazines and editorial houses structure the entire year. So if, for instance, in October, it could be, let's say, going back to school. I mean, August is going back to school. So every single piece of content could be structured around getting your kids ready for school if you're running like a parenting kind of a site or something of that sort. So um, so yeah, so I would say think about your content in terms of themes and campaigns and see how you can tie it back to your business and marketing goals rather than just thinking about, I need to send something. So this is what I'm going to send out. You just have to get a little bit more intentional about the emails and content you're sending. All right. That's very yeah, good advice. Yeah, I was going to say the same. I hadn't really thought of email uh, newsletters that way, but I think that's great advice to implement. And I love what you just said about making it intentional. Um, what are the benefits of adopting a non-traditional newsletter for email engagement? And how does one do that? Yeah, so the I would say what, what I've seen is um, over the years with, with clients and with myself, when you start to adopt, um, uh, you know, when you start to approach email in this way, you connect with your audience a lot better. So let's say you are trying to build trust when it comes to a particular topic. So it could be productivity, it could be organization, um, it could be anything for that matter. And when you send out emails that are structured around this theme, and then it goes out week after week after week, um, it's easier for someone to relate you with the topic um, that you're trying to build expertise on. So they connect better with you. They immediately think, all right, wow, she's answering my questions. Um, I did have, I was making this mistake. She's just cleared that up for me. And, and when you come in and week after week, you're actually going in really deep rather than narrow. And what this does, it and, and I like to always call this content expert association. So you're building that. People associate you with that topic. They start to see you as someone they can trust. 
And obviously, the next step would be they would think, all right, this is what I need help with. She has that. So perhaps I could go to her for this. I could buy this from her. Um, it could be a service. It could be a digital product. It could be anything. So I would say that is the main benefit in that it helps your audience view you as someone in relation to that topic. It helps to build connection. Um, when you do a newsletter, because you've got so many different things, you're talking about so many different things, different links, it's difficult to make that connect. It's difficult for someone to make that association, uh, possibly because you have hidden that. Um, if there's a single link, you've hidden it within your newsletter. It, your, your entire email is not a singular focus. It's got so many different layers. And because of that, it's everything is, gets a little harder. So I would say the primary benefit is that connect is um, building that content expert association. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. Uh, yeah, and what are some yeah, and what are some other types of email alternatives to engage with your audience that don't apply to traditional newsletters? Um, I think that it, it really depends on how you want to experiment. There are lots of people who are they introduce um, games into newsletters. So what do you call it? They, they gamify the entire experience. Um, it's, it's still a small group. But I have seen people experimenting with that, where uh, you would reward people who open and engage with your emails, um, or you reward people who would reply back to you or, or click on certain links or take certain actions. Um, and then I've seen people kind of embed quizzes into emails as well. So it's basically kind of integrating email with the typical content sources. So people do quizzes. People do gamify their courses and programs, but it's merging email into all of that. So um, you're not, the, the problem comes in is when people view email as an external entity. They view it separately from everything else that they're doing with content marketing. I think that's where the issue comes in and why people struggle so much with email is because they don't view it as part of their day-to-day -day work. They don't view it as part of their marketing strategy. If they have a blog or a podcast or a YouTube channel, that keeps running, but they're not sure how to integrate email into the picture. Um, I always say, know why you are creating content for each channel. So why are you having a podcast? Why, I, why do you have a YouTube channel? Perhaps that is your main traffic source. Perhaps that is your main source to um, attract a cold audience. So yeah, that's fine. And what type of content are you sharing on your YouTube channel or your podcast? So for a lot of people, this could be how-to content or this could be case studies. Every YouTube channel, every podcast is a little bit different. Now, when you think of email, what type of content are you sharing on email? So for some, it could be inspirational content. They would share quotes. They would share a story from their lives. Um, for me, a lot of my content that I share on um, email are about changing a perspective. So getting that aha moment or getting someone to think, hmm, yeah, that that's, I never thought of it that way. So my main focus with the content that I send is to evoke that kind of a reaction in my audience. But for you, email could be perhaps something different. It could be how-to content. It could be something else. So it's to get clear on what type of content you're sending in each type of channel. And when you do that, it will be a lot easier to integrate them together. And you won't really have that confusion. Oh my God, should I do this in email? Should I send this in? Should I do a video for this? Um, how am I going to bring it together? You won't really have that, that stress and confusion. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely sounds like sorting out some um, some chaos and putting a plan in place so things all work together. 
and therefore are more effective. And it's really more efficient because they're working uh, all together at the same time. So I want to sort of, I, I mean, maybe I just touched on something, but why are these alternative emails you mentioned that you've just been talking about so valuable for businesses? Um, so for me, I've, I've seen is that it's a lot easier to connect that to sales um, than when you have so many different layers of things that you're talking about within a single newsletter. It, it, it works if you are not having anything active that you're promoting. But if you do have something active that you're promoting, like I said, it could be a course, a membership, um, a coaching program. And when you send targeted emails in this fashion, um, it nudges your audience through their customer journey. I think this is this is one of the key things. When you have a newsletter, it's difficult to nudge your audience anywhere at all. Um, the kind of content that you're creating, the primary purpose is to help your audience with the transformation, is to get them from point A to point Z, whatever that might be for your business. So uh, if let's say you are trying to get someone to buy something, sign up for your coaching, sign up for a discovery call, there are a certain level of steps, certain series of steps that your audience goes through before taking that action. You can't expect them to go from A to Z all in a single leap. So for you, you have to understand, okay, what are those series of steps that would get someone there to get on that coaching call or, or sign up for the discovery call. So it could be perhaps answering a couple of FAQs. Maybe they have a couple of burning questions that you need to address, or perhaps they need to understand this something first before they are even convinced that you have the right offer for them. So there are a few different things that you need to address via your emails. So if you're sending any kind of sales emails, or even if it's not sales emails, if you're sending, if you're doing any kind of an email campaign, you want your email to address a couple of these things, one of these steps, because if it doesn't, then there's no way your emails are going to lead to sales. And ultimately, we're building a list because it helps our business. We want to build trust with our audience. And ultimately, we want our audience to go on and buy from us. So if you're not doing these things in your emails, then it's very hard to get someone to say yes to your offer because you haven't helped them with that thought process to say yes. Yeah. Right. No, that makes absolute sense. I really appreciate uh, you're going into some of the detail on that and making sure that people have really thought through what they're doing and then make that connection. I think that's really important. And I find that that's one of the things that so many organizations, they just put something out there without really thinking it through and making sure it all aligns and it and it and it works um, at, to support all the different functions and and, uh, you know, what you're doing. I mean, what your mission is and how you're helping the world. So that's wonderful. Mira, thank you so much for sharing how you can increase email engagement with your audience and turn it into better results for your business. You know, I know that our audience is going to have questions about where they can find out more about you. Yeah, absolutely. So if email is on their radar, they want to get this in check. I do have a, an absolutely free email course. It's at mira.email slash course. They can go on it, sign up, and I'm going to take them through a series of emails, showing them exactly how I do this, um, answering a couple of questions about email marketing and so on. So that would be the perfect place for them to sign up. All right. That's perfect. And we'll provide that link um, down below. So that's really easy for you to click on that. 
And uh, Miro, thank you so much. This has been such a great discussion. And for those of you who tuned in, thank you so much for being here with us. If you have thoughts you'd like to share, we love hearing from you. So you can leave us a comment down below. You can also email us a question or suggestion for topics at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com. And to stay current on all our insightful advice and breakthrough advantages, hey, sign up for our weekly wisdoms newsletter. <laughs> right there at Petite to Queen. And I can guarantee you're going to get some extra special sauce and perks that that uh, every week when it hits your inbox. And of course, find out about terrific episodes just like this one today. And I want to thank everyone who tuned in to who listened and who watched us. And Amanda, Mira, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you, Mira. Thank Marin. you so much. Yeah.